Hello, Dr. Crispy Rothschild. Future Pop has delivered with another banger. I don't really like this one. You were the one who said we should go with it. I mean... What does it sound like? It, it reminds me of... <coughs> The like inspirational corporate music that plays in the background of training videos and OSHA videos and shit like that. Yeah, it kind of made me think a little bit of like the the bass line kind of makes me think of like boy band music. It sounds like something that you would hear over some kind of a poppy, I guess it's future pop, kind of like happy, shallow young adult music or something. Tyler says this sounds like human music from that episode of Rick and Morty with the simulation. You ever watch Rick and Morty? Uh, like season one and maybe half or two. Mm. I've watched a little bit of it. I've seen some here and there, but I, I kind of was out of the TV show watching stage of my life by the time it came around. Yeah, I'm not a big TV guy. All right, let's see if we can do this carefully dial it down faded out with my Very clunky nice. little mouse all right well i guess welcome to those of you who have joined us for another episode of king pilled this is we got lots of lots of feedback that yesterday was a banger and since we're going to be leaning very heavily again on our good friend gerbert johnson for inspiration and entertainment in this episode I've got, I've got high hopes. It also kind of looks like my co-host. He's, he's kind of given me like I don't know, emaciated Sam Hyde vibes. I'm kind of getting <laughs> me. That. Yeah, yeah. I have way... a thicker beard. Yeah, yeah. That's about the only thing that's thicker though. You got kind of got the like the way your lenses are sitting on your face and and from they're this not, angle, it kind of round lenses. Yeah, you can't really tell completely from this angle. Um, Two bit podcast likes the title. Um, the title that you had recommended, I had to double check, and we could not use that title on YouTube. <laughs> it had it had uh, terminology that's not not uh, not accepted, at least for monetization. And we are here in the business, as we often say, we're businessmen, we're so business we're here men. to make money. We're entirely money. that's Paper. our whole purpose. If we weren't going to get that paper, stacks. Then we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> stacks and stacks. <laughs> money and hose. We are here for the money and hose. And we're all filled up with hose. So we need some money. Um, speaking of, you guys can, uh, we do have a monetized <laughs> channel. So you guys we are welcome we to. to hose, but no money. <laughs> Yeah. Well, both of us are, are we have our, our lifely allotment. So um so I guess that leaves us with money to pursue. <clears throat> um yeah. 
So yeah, we're uh, if you if you want to give us money, then you're more than welcome to use a super chat. Uh, we appreciate those of you that super chat. We may or may we may or may not make fun of you. Um, super chatting is kind of a way to ensure maybe you do get made fun of, or maybe you happen to have the perfect super chat that makes us laugh for ten minutes. Makes like the worst podcast content ever, where it's just like ten minutes of hysterical cackling, closer and farther away from the mic. You might give us one of those, and if you do, then we'll be we will be uh, uh, much appreciative. Uh, third position nutrition is in the chat. Shout out third position nutrition. Uh, like we said, we are businessmen and businessmen. we, <laughs> it's kind of like I'm doing like a, like a slam poetry thing and you're like doing the little echoing to it. We're businessmen, businessmen, businessmen. <laughs> we're businessmen and we have a company where we do, uh, fitness and nutrition, uh, coaching for, our ideal target market or our ideal ideal client as our, our avatar, as they say, our avatar is Christian fathers over 25. If you are a Christian dad over 25 and you're dissatisfied with your physique, you uh, struggle to work out consistently, you feel depressed, low energy. If any of these things fit you, if you're tired of being a fat piece of shit that sits and watches people on the internet and or, or a skinny, uh, gooner twink yeah yeah skinny limp-wristed twink that uh is like is skinny fat where you've kind of got you're your watching is protruding a little bit the, the sissy hypno and <laughs> and whatever degenerate stuff the with kids your these days with your body-sized waifu pillow sitting in the corner <laughs> yeah 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 if you're if you're one of these guys you need muscle and uh earlier when we were talking about muscle uh, to you Earlier, when we were talking about the hose, what I what I, we actually mean by that is, we just have a bunch of waifu body pillows. Yeah. <laughs> Coopers are just off the off, just out of camera. You can't tell. Yeah, they're mine they're are right all there. laying down here underneath me. He likes to step but, on them. <laughs> yeah, degradation. We're in we're in the business of degradation. We're in business today. Apparently, that phrase keeps coming to my mind. We're businessmen. Um, so if you if you would like to support our ventures in being businessmen and you also want to stop being fat, then uh, there's a or, link in the or 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 yeah or get get thick get swole. What is the terminology? Get gains. Gains. Is that the, yeah, gains with a Z. We're uh, uh, there's a link in the description. You can get a you can schedule a, a consultation call, a free consultation call. We won't even charge you for it. And we'll uh, we'll see what your what your current status is, and see if you'd be a good fit for the program, and we can tell you about it there. Um, shout out Tyler James in the comments. He says he's closer to twink than fat shit, but he's made progress. Tyler James is one of our clients, very much appreciated. He's a guy who's getting swole. Um, so shout out Tyler James. <laughs> Third position nutrition. Our our own company is talking to us. This is a little weird. Third position nutrition says get puffy, as Alex Ramosi says. Yeah. Shout out Alex Ramosi. If you want some some really interesting content to just to I don't know edify and educate you and just make you a smarter, better person, then go watch anything Alex Ramosi puts out. He's you can you can look at it from like different levels here. You can watch it just to to see how he does the content because he's absolutely a master of sales and persuasion, and he's totally mastered the the youtube entertaining educational youtube video format um so you can watch it just even if you don't care about the content he's talking about just watching his delivery and his performance um but then the content is also it's some of the best sales and marketing and uh psychology 
content that I've ever gotten. His business model is brilliant. We maybe we can talk about that in another episode. Um, I don't like that our company is talking to us in the chat. This makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. So it should be right in your wheelhouse. I don't know. There's something about me talking to me. <laughs> you don't I, want to see yourself. Know. The self-referential yeah. aspect yeah. of it is is creepy. Um, Moral Meerkat says he wants to look like a gorilla. I am a gorilla. You know, one thing that's interesting, I, I here I'm assuming Moral Meerkat is actually a man. It's possible that that Moral Meerkat is a woman who wants to look like a gorilla, in which case, hey, you know, shout out, shout out you. But uh but we'd have to we've got we got some friends who could help you out, but that's yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. A... Yeah, no, no, no. We don't we don't work with women, especially women who want to look like gorillas. Um uh, what was I gonna say? So uh just completely forgot. Everything just got wiped clear. Um, Moral Meerkat said, I want to look like a gorilla. And oh, I remember what I was going to say. So I was looking at the YouTube analytics because um, our uh, our little in-house slave has been very dutifully fulfilling his duties and putting up our, our, our content on all these different platforms. And He's been posting a bunch of YouTube shorts lately, which I'm sure you guys, if you are subscribed to our channel, which if you're not, then please do link, uh, like the like the stream and subscribe. Um, I was looking at the distribution of our followers and because it, it gives you analytics on what your audience is, where they're from, how old they are, et cetera. And first of all, the age bracket that we get the most views from is, uh, or not the age bracket, but the demographic um bracket that we get the most views from is men between 35 and 44. And right behind that is 25 to 34. But since we started posting shorts, our uh, gender distribution has gone from like 98.8% men to like 85% men. So by posting shorts, we've picked up a whole bunch of women, apparently, who are now watching our content. And that's interesting to me. So women, what this tells me is that the population that watches shorts is overwhelmingly women. Because picking up like, like a 15% change in our viewership just from that is, is pretty significant. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of an interesting little little thing that popped out to me today. I went to check and see, and, and sure enough, we've uh, we've got a bunch of ladies watching us now. So uh, shout out you ladies. I guess maybe you might not be watching the stream itself, but maybe you're watching the shorts when they get chopped up and put up there later. Um, yeah, yeah. In about two weeks' time, about two weeks worth of shorts, and all of a sudden we've got we've got women. Um, <laughs> shout out year zero in the chat tommy salmons he says my wife's eggs are dried up and my ding dong is dusty living the american dream you know if there's anybody who is really living the american dream it's tommy salmons i i have the privilege of seeing what what tommy salmons's life is like and that man that man's doing it right he's got a wife that cooks well for him he's got a nice little piece of property he's got some awesome dogs he's got ducks his ducks chase his dogs um i mean that's about all you'd need sit on a porch and watch your ducks chase your dogs anyways um so before we get back into the the video of our, our good friend gerby uh 
I just wanted to this this kind of stuck out at me. I was I was sitting on the pooper just before I came in here and uh, flipping around in Twitter as I am want to do, and I saw this tweet, not this tweet, but uh, the tweet that's quoting this tweet. So this is for the people listening on the audio version, which we're posting the the podcast again on your on your podcatcher, so you can go find them there. Uh, Candace Owens tweeted, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. No one can serve two masters." Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So she tweets this out contextless. Just She just tweets this. She's been very vocally uh, against the Israeli role in the current conflict. So obviously that's sort of the, the more extended context of her posting this. But that's all she posted. And the tweet that I saw was... This one here, which is Ben Shapiro, who is obviously part of Daily Wire, for which uh, uh, Candace is employed. And he said, Candace, if you feel that oh, taking boy. money from the Daily Wire comes between you and God, by all means, quit. Oh, man. And I thought that this was really interesting because Ben here is a smart fella. He is smart enough to recognize that what he is doing is directly playing into the stereotype. Because Candace just tweeted a, a Bible verse, and he's the one who's making this connection for her. He's the one who's making explicit. He Essentially, he's saying she's subtweeting him, and he's the one who's making it explicit. He's the one making the connection. It's, between... like, the it's like the witch test. What is that? Oh man, I gotta look it up. I don't. It's been a while. Um, it's kind of like uh, the way you determine that like people online are like witches is you ask them to say like Jesus is Lord or something like that. I don't remember exactly how it goes. I might ah. be conflating two of these. I might be conflating two of these kind of memes together. Uh, but it's like that. It's like just post a Bible a, a Bible verse, and that's your Kazarian test. Right. Right. So he he apparently feels targeted by this. And, and I mean, I do think that of some of the stuff she's been saying lately, it's not like it's difficult to make that connection. But to go out of his way and make that connection like that, this is we're in a very different climate now than we were even just a couple of years ago. I mean, I remember who I was talking with this. I think this was in the, uh, the, the King Pill Discord. We were doing a voice chat and talking about this the other day that there is so much straight up um uh, i don't know if i want to say the word just because i don't want to i don't want to draw the eye of sauron um there's so much open contempt for the tribe on twitter right now people are just flying off reckless saying all kinds of stuff that you definitely could not say not too long ago and i don't like People want to look at that as the particular issue and they want to talk about Musk's role in that and everything. I think that's interesting. I think there's an interesting conversation to be had there. To me, just the bare fact that I think people aren't appreciating enough is the fact that this is happening. Just the fact that you can openly talk about some of this stuff out there, which is, of course, Benny Boy here is exposed to all of that. It hurts his feelings. And he wants to... So he's... 
That's part of why he's lashing out in this way. It's just very interesting to me that now suddenly this issue has really come out into the forefront where it's not something that's lurking behind the scenes. It's becoming mainstreamed, this conversation. There's specific terms that refer to the conversation, but I'm going to avoid those just so we can stay on this platform for the time being. But I think that that, that if you would have suggested to someone even two or three years ago that people would be freely saying the sorts of things on Twitter now that they are, you would have been people would be like, no way. There's no way that that sort of thing, not just that they're saying that, but that it's kind of just out there. Like nobody's really freaking out about it. I'm sure that's going to come. I'm sure there's, we're, we're building up. That's part of the reason why they open the gates. They let the thing come in so then they can freak out the thing, the things there and they can use legislation, whatever. I, I don't care about that stuff. That's just going to happen or not. And there's nothing I can do about it. What I'm interested in is the fact that this has shifted as fast as it has. It's gone from where like, you have to speak in code, like we do on YouTube, to where you can just openly deny everything, anything and everything that you want on the platform. And I'm, so that, that's just... So if somebody tells you that some sort of crazy thing that you, see, that you think is, is... Oh, there's no way that that could happen that quickly. It could happen that quickly. This was, I, I didn't personally think that it would be possible to have this much open, insert the blank here, happening on like the main social media platform in the world over the course of, it's spun up over the course of like six or eight months. What do you think, Cooper? Do you have any thoughts on it? I like it. I like that I can say retard again. Uh-huh. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon we'll be able to say the uh, uh, the one word. Uh huh. That'll be fun. We used to have fun. I think I think the times are coming where we're going to be able to have fun again. Right. Yeah. It's 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 kind of it's like the thing that gives and takes away. Like you're going to be able to have fun. The trade off for it is that you know lots of other shitty stuff is going to happen. But hey, look on the bright side. We can laugh. We, we can laugh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And doesn't that just epitomize to, to continue the conversation we were having yesterday? Doesn't, doesn't that just epitomize the the Zoomer mindset? Mm -hmm. um, so speaking of that, let us do a different screen share and we'll continue the video. Actually, let me check the comments here real quick. See if any of you said anything worth, worth saying. Uh, nope. 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 All right, you guys, you got to step it up. So let's screen share this and here. Okay. So if you haven't watched or listened to our episode yesterday, we got through the first about five minutes of this 25 minute video. We'll see how much of it we get through this time. The, if you don't know who the guy is, you need to know who this guy is. His name's Gerbert Johnson. He is one of the best content creators on YouTube. The, the man is a legitimate, genuine artist, and he's also like 20. And he has a lot of really interesting insight into the Zoomer psychology. And we have our, our properly titled uh, Chief Zoomer here today to assist us with seeing the Zoomer perspective. We went into it in some detail in the stream yesterday, and uh, we're going to get into it some more here today. So this 
so this stream is called death of the family. And to this point, he's, um, he's basically just kind of laying out the, uh, the existing state of things. And he's talked about the, what family units used to be like, he used to have a, tr like a tribe. And it's interesting that there's like, there's only one tribe that's allowed to exist anymore. Um, isn't that convenient? Um, it used to, the, the family unit used to be a tribe that started with a patriarch and the patriarch had, it was, it was, it was a big family an extended family. And then we progressed to the nuclear family. And he's talked about the connections between industrialization and the nuclear family. And he's going to continue um, evaluating this, basically giving kind of an economic analysis of why the, uh, the family has died and, but doing it in brilliant meta satirical, ironic zoomer humor. So here we go. Let me know if you can't hear it when I start it. The nuclear family unit worked well. Sorry, I got to take it down from, I watch everything on one and three quarters, but I won't do that to you guys. But because it's not like our biological standard, it's not how we've lived for most of human history, uh, it's a little bit more fragile and it requires certain conditions for it to work well. As you will see, these conditions are no longer being met now. And in some ways, the extended family is ideal. But generally now people are a lot more spread apart. If you can get everybody in the same place, great. But the nuclear family is what we need to make work. And the nuclear family did survive and seemed to work for a long time. It peaked between 1945 and 1965 in America, which was the golden age of marriage where 95% of people got married. Big money, bitch. Hey, grandma. You see, it's growing. It's no secret that we have a lot of economic problems today in the Western world. And while we might have high, like, GDP or whatever, this is awfully misleading. A man used to go to work and with his one wage be able to provide for himself and a whole family and buy and own a house. This was true whether it was an office setting, hard labor, or even a service job. But now men with these types of careers have a hard time supporting just themselves a lot of time. Pausing real quick here. I was thinking about this when I was listening to this the other day that what I, I was trying to think of if there's a way to a financial way to accomplish paying someone on the basis of the size of their family, the number of people they need to support. So for so you have like a family wage where if if it's a dad if it's a single man then he qualifies for some certain multiple of something versus a man with a child versus a man with two children a man with three children and somehow having a, a the wage scale attached to that. I was trying to think of some way to to accomplish that cuz obviously the natural the natural constraint here is that the you're paying for labor the, the thing you're acquiring is someone's labor, someone's skill, someone's expertise. And it's not a one to like the fact that a guy has more people to support does not necessarily make him more valuable, a more valuable product for you to purchase in your, in your attempt to get some labor. Um, so there has to be some, there has to be some other string that you could pull or some other way to, to make that happen. But really I think all you need is employers who recognize the value of larger families 
of men with large, they, they want to incentivize their employees to have larger families because they're motivated, motivated by something other than economics. I think that's really what it comes down to. So the natural, I think, leftist slash libertarian way of approaching this is figuring out some way to basically what I'm the, the thought I was having, figuring out some way to engineer this to, to basically like force or incentivize the company to, to do that. But you don't really have to start with the existing companies. You just go create your own. If you really want to solve this problem, the best way to do it is going to be to create, start building companies that are geared that way. You just have to value that yourself and make yourself someone who's, who's valuable enough to other people that you can create something where you can do that. What do you think? Mm. I think we should raise the federal minimum wage to like, like 70 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for your question. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of sprung it on you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, third position nutrition says think faster, Cooper. It's the hat. The hat is is uh, um, is constraining. It's constraining your your thinking capacity. But if you take it off, then your head will be cold. Yeah, can't have that. Anyways, so with the with the this particular issue, this is one of many issues where he's going to get into. We can discuss, and really, we could probably do uh, I don't know a dozen episodes off of just the stuff that he's getting into in this one, which we should also probably finish this one. Um, I think that solving some of these problems, he's doing a really good job of laying out the problems, and that's good. We need people to lay these out. At the end of the video, you'll see he kind of punts on on the actual solution and does it. He does it sort of for a rhetorical effect, just because it's funny the way he does it. Um, but also, I think these some of these things are legitimate. These these are genuine issues, and the the answer to this can't just be ah, just let the whole thing fall apart and collapse and rebuild a new society when it's done, because that's just kind of not how the world works. You're not going to get. I don't know. You're not, you're not going to, it's kind of like people are waiting for us to get to Mad Max or something. And then, okay, then we'll just start over. But like, there's no point at which, at, like, when are you going to start? Just start now. If you don't like the way the world is going, then start doing something to, to improve those prospects and figure out how to scale that thing. We don't, we don't have to just roll over and just accept, oh yeah, things are just going to get worse and worse. Maybe things are going to get worse and worse, but it just so happens that I can go tell a story over the past however many centuries or millennia about how the world has gotten worse and worse steadily over time. And I can also go tell a story about how things have gotten better and better all the time. And both of those are true. And I, I just, I guess I don't see a reason to think that it's going to, there's any, I don't see a legitimate reason why you should value one of those perspectives over the other, just as a matter of evaluating the evidence. Of times, which is oftentimes what's happening now due to the stats I talked about before, guys are working just to go home and support themselves, which is kind of like, what's the point anymore? Because the only real reason people had motivation to work 
is because of Cooter. To have a family and support them, put food on the table, it was a sacrifice. But now, what are you working for? To go home and, like, like Valorant? Starfield? It gets good after 15 hours. Are you out of your fucking mind? Every second, death draws nearer and you get older. And you want me to spend 15 hours on a game before it gets any fun at all? Do you want to be alive? <laughs> I don't think you do. I think it's almost like you have nothing to live for. But anyways, why is the economy like this? Why can men really no longer buy a house or support a family on their one income? The first thing is inflation. The purchasing power of the dollar is less and wages have not been raised enough to account for this. And it's like whatever if $5 footlongs now are $850,000. But if a $500,000 house is now $850,000, that's where it really is a big problem. The second thing is women starting to... I thought that was a really compelling way to frame the situation. Like the, the dude has a gift. Framing it as it's no big deal if a $5 footlong is now eight fifty, But if a $500,000 house is now $850,000, it's a very different prospect. Mm-hmm. That that makes it hit home. This is again, this is the the thing I'm talking about about the way it's this juxtaposition of um, just it's a juxtaposition of mindlessness with a really really gifted mind, it, and it really just it, it gets back into the, the 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 archetype of the zoomer, which is kind of like the it's not that every zoomer is this way but it's like the generation has this archetype of being the gifted kid who wasn't touched enough as a child or was touched too much as a child and <laughs> because of that is just kind of like sullen and, and and hold up in their room with this beautiful mind inside their head but the only thing that it can do is it can like madly scrawl deranged ravings on the wall that's the story of my life, dude. <laughs> Tell us about it. I don't wanna. What's it like? What's it like being a Zoomer, Cooper? This is a safe space. Uh, you kind of just want to like. You kind of just want to die all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got coke in my nose. Tyler James relates. He says, me, IRL. Uh, Slowboy Whiteboard says, the company I work for loves to only hire gay people because they can devote their entire <laughs> lives to the job. I work 15 hours, seven days a week, and they love people that can do that with no strings. <laughs> uh, are you saying that you're gay? Yeah, I think that's the joke. <laughs> uh, that was good. The only reason I can do it is because my kids are grown. <laughs> Your kids are grown. How old Slow are you? Slow boy whiteboard. How old are you? I mean, you don't have to dox yourself if you don't want to, but I, a guy named Slow boy whiteboard that has the humor that you do, having grown kids does not compute. You're an anomaly, sir. Oh, all right. Let's continue. It, I just got to admit, got to got to say the his thing about playing the game for 15 hours before it gets fun. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? That, <laughs> that definitely hit home. 
starting to work, which doubles the labor force and lowers the wages. So your 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 uh, your work as a man is no longer valuable. Ladies can do it too. Step your game up, you fucking loser. This is a quote from Friedrich Engels, who was a close associate of Karl Marx. The first condition for the liberation of the wife is to bring the whole female sex into public industry. And this in turn abolishes the monogamous family as the economic unit of society. So women now compete with men for jobs, which gets rid of what was called the family wage, which exists. Just to, to kind of uh, uh, point out the low hanging fruit here. I think it's worth contemplating for a moment the reality that the thing that we're describing, the thing that he is describing that we're commenting on, that we're observing this phenomenon that's really bad, that's super unhealthy for society, and it is essentially destroying all social bonds and and completely uh, uh, nuking the wealth of the society, that thing there is being... There's tons of evidence of this. He gave one quote, but there's tons of evidence that this was not an accident that this reality was brought about. This reality was intentionally created by ideologues with an axe to grind. And you can find commonalities among those ideologues. We'll just say that. So yeah, and this sucks. Mm -hmm. This it does. Is their, this is their utopia. Isn't it mm -hmm. great? Everyone just kind of wants to die all the time. Hmm. It's almost like they have. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like they have monetized death. You could, you, you might even be able to call them death merchants. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Slowboy Whiteboard is forty-two. Kids are nineteen and seventeen. Good for you, man. You started young. That is, that is good. I wish I had started younger. I did start younger. You did start. You started much younger. Yeah. There is there is nine years between Cooper and I. Almost nine years. I'm almost nine years older than him. And I have one child and he has three. And my oldest, my, my oldest, my only child is three. And his youngest is four. So he's been a dad for significantly longer than I have. He's got more kids than I do. And he's almost a decade younger than me. I was thinking about this when we were on the phone the other day that you were describing like when certain things happened to you and you were like, like nine or 10 or something like that. And I was thinking, while well, you're just, you're describing this stuff happening to you in grade school and I was in college and you made me feel really damn old. <laughs> <laughs> like, like at that time, I wouldn't have taken you seriously as a person. <laughs> How does that feel? Yeah, because I would have been like, I don't know, nine or something. <laughs> Ten. I wouldn't have wanted to be friends with you. <laughs> really? No, probably not. Like, I mean, I don't know. I might have like tossed a football around with you or something, but I would have been really bored the whole time and wanting to stop doing it. <laughs> stop doing it. Yeah, and you would have had a bunch of really passive aggressive comments that went over my head, but all the adults would laugh at me while you were saying them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> uh, and then look at us now. We love each other so much. Hmm existed before which you know 
it's pretty self-explanatory what that is. Men were paid a wage that was meant to support an entire family with the one pay. But this is a bit of a double whammy because there's the economic angle, but also women working and having careers will delay and get in the way of marriage in general because there's nobody at home. To be fair, um, women do kind of have to work now. Um, there's this sort of, on the conservative side of thing, there's this idea where it's like, no, people are using the economy as like a big, uh, as an excuse. They could still have kids. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea to have a kid if you are going to struggle to provide basic things. It's completely reasonable to want to be stable before you have kids. And that you, it's just now that's really hard. In 1970. Cope. Yeah. Thank you. You, you, you said in one word what was going to take me a lot more than one word to say. I'm sorry, Gerby, but this is uh, this is an area where I hard disagree. Yep. I think if I think what he's he he technically the way he phrased it, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but the way he phrased this kind of gave him plausible deniability. He said it's reasonable to want to have more. I don't remember exactly to want to have more security or more stability or something before you have kids. And I do think it is reasonable to want that. But from my experience, having kids is the one of the best ways you can make yourself take life seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. I look at... Uh... Oh, I have to... I have to kind of dance around this because I have a very dear friend in the chat right now. But, you know... <laughs> I look at some of my other friends who are my age, <laughs> who aren't married, who don't have kids. And I don't know, man, like you, you have your first kid and that accelerates your maturation. I don't know, 10 X mm -hmm. or it should, it should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he says I'm working on it. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Rob. Work harder. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I actually this this struck me when I mean it's kind of a meme here. You know, you have the like the the dad who has a kid for the first time, and then he's sitting there contemplating his life as a dad, and like all of his 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 everything's coming into focus, and it's kind of like having. It's funny that a lot of the there's a lot of common I guess commonality between the the memes around having kids and uh, doing like an acid trip where it like it kind of freaks you out and you feel like you're completely out of control and yet at the same time you're seeing the world in a whole new way and all of this uh, it's like a data dump into your head and you've got all this it's overwhelmingly oh, it's emotionally overwhelming i just kind of put that together that that having kids is kind of like an acid trip i have a funny story okay that ties into this very well acid trip and uh and like having kids and stuff so i had a buddy back before i had kids I had a buddy who I gave money to to get me some acid. Um, <laughs> and because he was such a stoner, he forgot. And then like four years go by <laughs> and we hang out again. And this is at this point, I'm married and I have kids. And he's like, oh, hey, you remember that you, that acid I owe you? Here you go. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this, dude? I don't like I have I don't just like have 12 hours to burn. I don't have that anymore. <laughs> So that tab of acid sat in my sock drawer for like five more years before I finally flushed it. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't need the, the tab of acid anymore. You, you, uh, yeah, I didn't need it. You 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 bootstrapped your acid trip. Uh but this is the the thought that occurred to me was that there's having children is a fundamental part of human maturation. Like prior to having kids, the way I saw it was like you're a kid, then you're like an adolescent, then you're a juvenile, then you're um then you're an adult, like like teenager, young adult, adult. And then it's like once you're an adult, you're an adult. But there's actually another, there's at least another stage, which is parent. Parent is the natural uh, stage of maturity beyond adult. And if you've never become a parent, then you haven't developed in that way. That doesn't make you worse any way that like a teenager isn't worse than an adult. I mean... Maybe a little, but you know what I mean? Like a teenager isn't worse than an adult. So a, an adult isn't worse than a parent, but the process of having a child and experiencing that child start growing up and becoming self-aware and watching the things they struggle with, you see yourself in them and it gives you an entirely new perspective on yourself. Like part of a part of maturity is self-awareness is growing in self-awareness that you might, people might even use that as like a synonym for maturity is like growing in self-awareness, having children is one of the biggest, or at least can be, should be, one of the biggest self-awareness hacks there is. And this was a natural part of just human life prior to very recently, before some of the stuff he's going to talk about upcoming here, before some of these things were introduced and began inducing people into not having children or having children later and later and less and less, it fundamentally is alter, it has altered the minds of people because they're not going through this development stage. It's like, it's like stunting puberty. If you stunt, if, if you, if you delay puberty, then the person's going to develop completely differently and you can't go do that all over again. You can't go redo puberty after you've already passed the age where you would normally go through puberty. It's the same thing with children. Having children late is just makes you a different person than if you'd had children earlier. So this is another big generational divide between the like the, the the greatest generation, silent generation, boomers, and then really starting starting with the boomers, but then really picking up between Gen X, millennial, and into Zoomers is having kids late and developing differently. So then being at a completely different stage of it's like be like if 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 like if boomers went through puberty at five. And Zoomers went through puberty at twenty. You can you 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 can you can hardly compare these two people, these two groups of people. Yeah, like a, I mean, my parents were older. Like I said, I'm okay. I'm twenty six. My dad is seventy. My mom is in her sixties. Uh, kind of sucks having parents that are too tired and achy to like ever do anything with you. Mm-hmm. Just kind of compounds the isolation. Hmm. And you know, having kids late, especially women having kids late, like that just like astronomically increases the chances of all sorts of issues. Mm-hmm. Like autism, for example, or whatever. I have several autistic siblings. 
I think a little bit of that might have rubbed off on me. <laughs> a little? I don't know if that's, you know, <laughs> by nature or nurture. I don't, I don't know, but... <laughs> Uh, por que no los dos. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I wonder that sometimes. I'm like, okay, do I, did I just did I catch a little bit, or is it just that I grew up with these being my these weirdos being my role models and just like picking up all their mannerisms and stuff. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe you weren't born with the extra chromosomes, but you just picked them up as you went along. <laughs> I'm high on chromosomes, dude. <laughs> Uh, Slowboy Whiteboard said so many people I went to high school with died from heroin or never had kids. The ones that did had messed up relationships, never married or divorced after a few years when the kids were little. I'm the only person I know outside my church that stayed married. That's just. Yep. Oh, and that's, you know, that's the story, man. Like, that's really common. That's really common mm-hmm. for. I mean, OK, so you're 42. I I only imagine that's even worse now. I know. Let's see, I'm 26. I graduated in 2015. And in that time, I can count like six people that I went to school with who have overdosed, who have overdosed and died. Good grief. It's rough. I just a couple months ago, really good friend overdosed. Yeah, being a Zoomer is uh, being a Zoomer sucks, huh? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, dude. Right. Yeah. Go 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 into go into the Wendy's, ask to speak to the manager, look him in the eyes and shake his hand. Um and you'll you'll get a job. You'll make good money. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pay pay your way through college. That's right. Flip some burgers, pay your way through college. Start saving money. Mm-hmm. Yep, invest it. Invest it wisely. It's Honestly, just, though, I do kind of miss flipping burgers. Yeah, that was probably my favorite job in hindsight with all the responsibilities I have now. Like, man, I didn't know how good I had it. I didn't have to think or worry about anything but flipping burgers at McDonald's. Oh, yeah, I know what else. Hanging out with my too. buddies. Yeah. Getting into trouble with the managers. Uh huh. <laughs> oh. Smoking cigarettes in the freezer. Did you smoke cigarettes in the freezer? Yeah. <laughs> was that was that the first time you ever smoked? No, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's get get through some more of this video. Only 36% of people from 20 to 24 were unmarried. The reason why you barely see any young families now is because largely it's not economically possible. It's no coincidence that the only other time in American history that we've fallen below replacement level birth rate was during the Great Depression. So to summarize what I've said so far, in the pre-industrial economy, both parents stayed at home and this produced the, the extended family. In the industrial economy, the mother stayed at home and this produced the nuclear family. In the post-industrial economy, everybody works, nobody's at home, and this produces no family. So that right there, that's 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 essentially kind of like the thesis of of the whole video. Um, and he's going to elaborate on it. And I think that's I think it's very it's very insightful. So you have industrial economy, was it so uh, pre-industrial economy, 
it's you're essentially it's like family businesses. You have the farm, you have the uh, the trades, all these family businesses. With the industrial economy, you get the centralization, the collectivization of the workforce, which comes with brings along with it the uh, the growth of cities, people moving more and more into densely packed areas. You got the the car and the highway system that are introduced that um, facilitate travel, but also incentivize uh, particular structures of neighborhoods and cities to accommodate them. And the consequence of this is in the industrial economy now, the instead of the family working to support themselves, you have the father leaving the family and going away to work for someone else. So it, it's almost like entrepreneurship was the default and then employment arose. And the consequence of employment was now you have the mother staying at home. And we look at that as like, oh, that would be that'd be a nice ideal to get back to. Like, it's great if you can work and you can have the dad just work full time and the mom be a stay-at-home mom. This is seen as tr like trad and, and aspirational and everything, which, yeah, it is. That's great. That's one of our focuses is doing whatever we can to keep my wife as a stay-at-home mom, no matter what I have to do or where I have to go. But that's what I'm doing. That's actually not that. That's not the the. That's not right. the way. The original way is entrepreneurship, where the whole family stays home. Yeah, I, I mean that's what I'm doing right now. It's really hard, guys. Mm-hmm. It, and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It, and, and, and I think what, what's happening is we're, there's this, this cycle progressing through the generations where we're, we're coming into an era now of, um, you know, the work from home thing with COVID really accelerated us through into this era. But being able to, we're seeing a, a revival in, um, in trades work which just tells me that it's just a matter of time before we start seeing, rather than going and working the trade for someone else, you learn the trade from your dad and you start your own business. Yeah. And you operate your own business. Yep. We're, we're, go we're, we're coming back around on the prior, the prior structure. This structure is falling apart, but the way it's falling apart, it's falling back into the, the, the default natural model. Well, and I think a big part of that, and this is something we didn't talk about last episode, but I'm sure we should at some point because it ties into this stuff really interestingly is how the, the role that technology plays. Mm. I remember mm -hmm. five, 10 years ago, everybody uh, Doomer posting about how all of the, all the trades jobs were going to get automated and all the factory workers and all of that, uh, that everybody, this is why we need a, you know, uh, what was that? What was Bernie Sanders thing? Everybody gets like the, everyone gets money. What do they call that? Oh, universal, universal basic, basic income. income. Uh, luckily, it seems to be the case that all of the white collar jobs are getting automated. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, doing spreadsheets, that's something a computer can do. Trying to, like, fit pipes, uh, you know, beneath your floors that's all rotted out because the toilet's been leaking. Like, that's something a, a robot's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You need a guy who knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the blue collar jobs are 
That's the a way guy who's right. working for himself in a blue collar job has a life and a, and a, a, a decision-making process and responsibility and authority much more like either a high level manager or an owner of a company. Not to Just, mention the average tradesman is something like in their fifties, late fifties or something like that. So these guys are going to be leaving the workforce in the next 10, 20 years, which means there's going to be nobody. So if mm -hmm. you get into a trade at that point, you can literally charge whatever you want. Yeah. Because a lot of this, this It'd is really, th this is actually a legitimate problem. Like this is something that, that we need to be preparing for our, like, whether it's preparing in a sense of learning the trades, so you can go do it yourself or preparing in a sense of like shitty stuff's going to happen and you need to be prepared to deal with it. A lot of the, at the very least become friends with a guy who knows how to do this stuff. Right. Right. A lot of the infrastructure is maintained by people who don't have replacements coming up, coming up behind them. So the infrastructure is bad. Now it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. There's a lot of, there's the meme that goes around. That's a, it shows like this really big, gigantic, elaborate, like house of cards kind of. And the whole thing is being held up by one little brick down here. And it says something like, it's like some maintenance worker on a server in Nebraska, who's been doing it for 35 years. And he just has his menial job that he goes and he does. And he just does it over and over He's again. The only and, one in the world who knows how to do it. Right. And he's going to get hit by a bus or die of a heart attack <laughs> or something. And no one in the world is going to know how to do this. All of a sudden we're going to have like, it's like, why, why, why did the Romans stop using the aqueducts? Why did they stop maintaining these sorts of, why did all their technology fall apart? And in part it's because of this, because eventually the, the, the generational dynamics are such that nobody's going to know how to take care of all the infrastructure. And you can look at this as, as, oh, everything's going to fall apart and suck and be terrible and, and it's going to be Mad Max. And you can you know whine and cry <laughs> and black pill about it. Or you can say, look at all this opportunity. This, mm -hmm. this industry is going to be mine. All of, the, all of the, the competitors in this industry are dying. This industry is going to be mine. I'm going to own this industry and I'm going to be the one who can innovate and create the infrastructure that I want. And that's like, that's the... I think that's the response to have to these sorts of things. I think this that's is very king pilled. Yes. Yes. This is, this is the king pilled vision is to inspire people. First of all, to see this, because there's, I think there's two problems at, at work here. One of them is we've got people who see this coming and don't want to do anything about it, except cry on the internet. And the other side of it is people who don't see this coming, who are just, uh, kind of uh, uh, happily dancing their way through life and don't realize that, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're floating down the river and there's a big waterfall up ahead. So there's, there's kind of two, <clears throat> there's kind of two purposes to, to what we're saying here, which is if you're one of the people who's just naively, you know, just kind of blissfully unconcerned with the future, Honestly, that's not terrible. If you just kind of have this relentless optimism and you don't care, you're just going to figure out how to get a, get your way through it. Great. That's a great perspective to have. It must be nice. It must. It, it likely is going to mean that you're going to really depend upon the people who are doomed or who are doom pilling. The doomers are going to have to carry your ass through these things. But hey, that's fine. You know, we can we can work out some kind of an exchange here where you give us lots of money and we carry you through the we, we carry you through this era. But. 
I, I want to inspire people in both directions. I want to get the people who don't realize how serious things are. What's the term that they, they don't, they don't know what time it is. I want them to know what time it is. Increasingly that's becoming a smaller and smaller number of people. People are starting to realize what time it is, but I think that the biggest, I don't know, demonic attack that we're susceptible to right now is doom pilling. Yep. I think doom pilling, black pilling, if you're pessimistic about the future, keep it to yourself. Go die in a corner by yourself. <laughs> if 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 you're pessimistic, why? You're choosing to be. You don't have to choose to be. There's it doesn't matter how much the 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 how brutal the collapse is. The collapse is not going to be brutal for everyone. The collapse is going to be brutal for the people who aren't prepared for it. For the people who are prepared for it, the collapse is going to be a massive source of wealth and prosperity because they're power. positioned to catch it. And power, because with wealth and and, and, and prosperity becomes power. Shout out to archotropism. Yes. Yes. Shout out popular liberty. I don't know if he goes by popular liberty anymore. Now I see him on Twitter. He's, it's it's papal orthodoxy, which is, mm, I suppose I, I, I suppose we can allow him to use the term orthodoxy because we like him. But you better be careful, bub. Yeah, I, I, I just keep calling him Poppy Libs. Yeah. Before we go into more social or political factors, I wanted to bring up something that I think is pretty underrated. Around the 60s is when we widely started hey, using by plastic Catholic? to package things. And also around this time in the that, mid... What's that? Didn't he go by politically Catholic for a while or something like that? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, so he was popular liberty, then he was politically Catholic. It's been a while Catholic, since I talked to you, Andrew. Andrew. How you doing, bud? Yeah, see, see, Andrew went and had a kid and disappeared. <laughs> you <have> Many such <laughs> <Right>. cases. <laughs> As you yeah. right. <laughs> Go spend time with your kid. <laughs> Mid 20th century is when we started, to, you know, you really using chemicals, putting chemicals in a lot of shit, mass producing things with chemicals. As you may know, plastic has BPA or BBS, uh, phthalates, which are estrogenic and pretty toxic. Tap water has atrazine, which is an endocrine disrupting chemical. <laughs> Most cosmetics, soaps, and fragrances you might use every day are usually riddled with this kind of shit. All of these things disrupt your hormones. I'm trying to figure out why all the pictures of sheep. Like, wait, like what is, what is, what about the sheep? Is this, is this, is there some kind of message here? Or is he just picking something to fill the space with and he just <laughs> decided to go with sheep <laughs> your hormones are what tell you how to fuck things you're putting on every day these these lotions whatever got phthalates malates shallites israelites all these weird ass chemicals you may as well be rubbing cum all over your face also in our diet lots of processed foods can have the same effect but it is because of these factors that sperm counts are dropping, testosterone is lowering, women are having much more miscarriages. And this is going to curtail the ability for people to form families because first, uh, your nut's not even working anymore. It's swimming around in your balls and you know, it, there's like microplastics in there. It comes across a microplastic and swims in like chokes on it. Your nut's like, 
It's the same thing that's happening with the turtles and the straws. I mean, I don't really give a fuck about that. You'll forgive me for caring more about what happens to my precious, my two very own nuts. But this also tells us that a lot of... <laughs> Just wanted to highlight that. That that's the right perspective to have. Be more concerned about the condition of your own nuts than the turtles or whatever <laughs> other political pet political topic is is important to you if you if you don't have your nut in order then none of that other stuff matters doesn't matter if there's straws up turtles noses let someone else go fix those problems and get your nut in order you gotta write out this age of dried up eggs and dusty ding-dongs uh-huh that's what we're about <laughs> yeah. make sure your dick works yeah Surfing on dusty ding dongs. Third position nutrition will help your dick work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Call us today. Yeah. We're businessmen. Businessmen. A lot of things that we might think are social are actually like there's a sinister underpinning that's going on here. That's the real. That can be the real catalyst of all of it. Even, even if people want to have kids, this they picture. get there. They surpass all these obstacles. <laughs> Where in the world did this picture come from? <laughs> looks like an. It looks like a. Like an albino black dude who dyed his beard. <laughs> it is the third position nutrition. Dust off your, your dust off your ding dong. <laughs> That's going to be our next pitch. This 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 picture just slayed me. <clears throat> <laughs> Then they have a miscarriage. I mean, that's awful. And also how everybody's hormones are being messed with. This will generally impact gender relations. Um, you know, if one of your homeboys suddenly starts craving ween, don't think it's because he's watching too much Netflix or these liberals are brainwashing him. He's probably one of those guys who drinks all of his water out of those milk cartons, those plastic milk cartons, which are like all the microplastics seeping into his water, the phthalates. He may as well be drinking nut. Walk along through the streets of the city. Oh, we gotta stop fucking because more people will make more people and then we'll run out of all the resources. What do you have, Asperger's? Mmm, tasty bread. <laughs> but really, I mean, everyone was buying this shit. Overpopulation being some big problem on the horizon, really threatening humanity. And there was one big book that spurred this called The Population Bomb by Paul Ehrlich. Um, of course, all of his assumptions ended up being completely wrong, and looking back at it, it really was all just like pie-in-the-sky fear-mongering. There was another guy who said the world's population would double every 25 years, but our resources couldn't double every 25 years, so that means we're, the world's gonna end. Which, like, is a very, it's like an overly systematic, autistic way of looking at it. All of these predictions and the general premise turned out to be completely false. But even if it wasn't, you know, the third world's not going to listen. 
they're going to keep on. But the reason it's false is because people have minds and intellect, and the more people there are, the more geniuses there will be (laughs) that will be able to find new ways to cultivate multiply find new solutions for resources you fucking dipshit there's still plenty of land what we really have is world yakubian ape (laughs) one of the best tweets of all time (laughs) i was there for it i remember when that happened that was oh man what was who was what was the context of that who was that with i don't even remember uh just some some old boomer or something got into an argument with some schizo and he said you're dutch and the guy's like yeah so it's like uh, something like a a totally fake language and culture send me your cranial measurements you old yakubian ape i need to study you for science or something to that effect it's great you it's you can find screenshots i think the guy got his he got his account nuked <laughs> but see now he wouldn't now you'd be able yeah, to tweet that. Uh, the, I think it's just probably. I know you got a you got a heart out here shortly, so this is probably a good spot. We made it another seven minutes, so we're we're making progress here. I wanted to say that the he talked about about uh, Malthus here, the the Malthusian predictions, uh, which was uh, that was the guy that was was uh, saying you know the population's going to double, but the food supply is not going to double, and everyone's going to die, and so then all this sort of overpopulation concern has been since referred to as Malthusianism. And I think that not directly related to population issues, but I think that the, the, the black pillars or the doom pillars now, I think they're spiritually Malthusian there. It's this, this, uh, it's like an inability to use your imagination or, or, or an inability to use your imagination constructively where you're just obsessing about all of the worst things that could possibly happen, but you're missing out on all of the opportunity. You don't see the, uh, the flip side of every coin and you just obsess on, you know, all the, all these, these terrible things that are going to come to pass. And so now it's like my job to go like schizophrenically post on, on social media and try to get everybody to, to follow or, or, I don't even know what the call to action is. Like, what's the call to action if, if you're you're doom pilling? You're doom posting and and like incredulous about this new awful thing that's going to happen. All right, the what am I supposed to, to do with that? Is just to dive into the abyss. Yes, that's it. Yes, doom posting is just pure nihilism. And I don't. I give me a call to action. I don't even know what. It's not even pure nihilism. It's like. Because if you were purely nihilistic, you wouldn't. Why are you doom posting? Yeah, you wouldn't even care. <laughs> yeah, you'd be. I don't know you'd probably just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. You probably wouldn't even care towel. if you're truly nihilist. You probably wouldn't even care to kill yourself. You just. I don't know. You just wouldn't. Move. I don't know. Yeah, it would probably be some kind of. I mean, even hedonism. Hedonism implies some uh, sense of meaning and and pursuit of 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 meaning self-indulgence even that would violate the it it would be performatively anti-nihilist it'd be like performatively anti-nihilist nihilism tyler says doom posting is just cowardice yeah i agree i think this i think people who doom post are doing it so that they feel like they're doing something because they're too afraid to actually do something to actually pull the trigger and make something happen they I don't know, maybe in their heads they conflate like noticing with I don't know 
like productive action. I don't know. Well, yeah. So like you get the people that are like, oh, we need to notice. We need to get everyone to, to notice along with me. I, I need other people to notice as well. Look, look, notice. Aren't you noticing? <laughs> and then you say, then you say, wow, look at all these people noticing. And the- <laughs> look. <laughs> Cooper and I do that like at least once a day to each other. So this is nothing, this is nothing out of the ordinary. Um the once you once there's this this bait and switch game that happens with the Doom posters where they're like, oh, all this terrible stuff. Why, why aren't you noticing? Look at all this. All these you you, you must notice with me. And you say, Oh, I'm noticing. <laughs> I'm noticing. And then they say, Oh. Well, now that people are noticing, that's just going to make things worse because now that just gives them an excuse to crack down on us. So, so which is it? Are we supposed to notice or are we not supposed to notice? I'm noticing. <laughs> Soy face. Yeah. yeah. Heretofore, we declare that the Doom posters are soy facers. That's exactly when you're, when you're Doom posting, you're, you are soy facing. This is going to make a great clip for TikTok. <laughs> uh, on that note, please like this stream. Please subscribe to the channel. Share it with a friend. Follow me on Twitter, at RealKingPilled. Follow me on Instagram, at RealKingPilled. We're businessmen, so give the pitch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what was it here, Silver Pie? Uh, dust off your ding-dong with third-position nutrition. Check out the link in the in the description here. And if you would like to, if you would like us to help you dust off your ding dong. Actually, just yeah, anyways. So <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Did you just make that channel? <laughs> or is that just you have that in the holster? <laughs> Oh man, that that is fantastic. I really hope someone just made that. <laughs> All right, here, let me get us let me get us full screen and we'll get one more for good measure. Okay. <laughs> great great our soy faces. <laughs> it's a dire clips channel. So yeah, I guess it uh it already existed. That's great. Uh, anyways, uh, as third position nutrition says here, uh, whoops, it jumped on me. Uh, third position nutrition here says that, uh, that he will dust off your ding dong real nice. So if that's something that you are, uh, in the market for, then we would be glad to help you. And if you're uh, a zoomer, we know you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. So give us your money. Mm-hmm. We'll do good things with it. Thanks guys. Appreciate you. Uh, like and jelking. we will <laughs> don't Google joking.